Paris. Yes, Fleen. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, dude, my left knee hurts like a bitch. I was like kneeling on the ground, restocking the milk fridges at work, and my coworker accidentally like just yanked open the door to the fridge, which just promptly went right into my kneecap. And Dude. I I was like, in that moment, I thought, I can barf right now, but <gasps> if I barf, it'll get in my mask. So I like stifled vomit and would just like sat in pain for a minute because she hit my knee so hard. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. I'm fine. <sighs> I am fine. Um. Oh. But my knee is like swollen. <laughs> Dude, what the hell, man? Yeah. How it happened hard? Within, like, That's crazy. So hard. She hit me so hard. It's going to be a massive bruise. Dude. She yanked it open because the doors are like suctioned. Yeah. And she like, she just ripped it with all of her might because we were busy and she was in a hurry. So she just yanked it open and it took me out. Fuck. So you, it hurt so bad that you wanted to throw up? Yeah. I thought I was going to throw up. I thought I was going to vomit. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. That's some literary pain right there. <laughs> My bowels went watery. Did they go watery? Well, I didn't shit myself, which is good. I mean, I was towards the end of my shift, so it would have been less awful than shitting myself at the beginning of my shift. I see. You're um, closer to, to sharting towards the end. Yeah. I see. Uh, but I didn't... Um, so it's it was I would say it was a successful day at work. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. I busted um I busted my thigh, my like quad. I was prepping How? folders in Jeff's office, and I walked by the the the. You have to get go past his desk to get to the printer behind the desk, and there's a very narrow little walkway, and so I usually, like, brush my leg against it in order to make it through this little tiny path, and my quad went straight into the corner of the desk, oh. and it, like, the corner, like, like ground into my muscle. And muscle meat? I, my, my meat, dude... I was done. I was like <laughs> on the floor. Like I, it hurt so fucking bad. And now I have this really gnarly bruise on my thigh. Um, but yeah, she was a, ooh, shit. It hurts just thinking about it. God damn. Yeah. It hurt like a motherfucker. But Fuck that's corners, I think, man. What the hell, man? Just like, I feel like I want all round, um, like, sides to things in my house no corners everything is round we don't have any sharp things sticking out so you just we need just to baby proof your house for yourself rounded edges only yeah on the coffee table round it'll be a round coffee table the corners of my like island in my kitchen round everything round right right and when someone asks you about it when they inquire about your very circular style <laughs> what do you say paris what do you tell them i'll say bruises are for bitches and i ain't no bitch <laughs> that's what i'll say <laughs> wow i really uh i'm excited to see i'm excited to see this and now you know that's great that you told me because now i can buy you round things <laughs> thank you now i can keep that in mind when i'm purchasing gifts for you 
make sure that <laughs> they're not sharp, that there's no chance of your clumsy ass getting destroyed on, you know, some some ottoman or spoons, uh, spoons bowls, and bowls. round plates only for me. Sporks. Sporks. Sporks with, with soft rounded edges like a plastic baby spork. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of knives or butter knives, you get those like round like spatulas, like those metal spatulas that you, you spread like um, frosting like, like on. A, yeah, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to have in my home. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is anything else new in your life? Um, oh, yeah, I'm moving to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to share any details about that? I, folks who are listening, I already knew that. That's why I'm not as surprised as you might be. Hmm. But I would like to hear more. Do you have anything to say about your move to Texas? Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, I am dating this man, boy, man named Casper. And he is, uh, he has received a job offer with SpaceX and, uh, is going to be, become a rocket scientist. (laughs) And (laughs) he is an aeronautical engineer. Um, he currently works, uh, in Arizona with, I mean, obviously he works in Arizona. That's why we're fucking here, but he works on helicopters right now. And, but his dream is to go to space. His dream is to be an astronaut. And so, you know, what better way to become an astronaut than to work on one of Elon Musk's rockets, Starship, that is literally planning on going to Mars. So in order to capitalize on this opportunity, we get to move to Brownsville, Texas. Now, if you don't know where Brownsville is, picture the state of Texas. Very large. Very (laughs) large. And you may remember that Texas has this sort of phallic member at at its southern border. It kind of tapers down, kind of like Florida. It's like Florida attached to Colorado. You just like plop this giant dick at the end (laughs) of Texas. Brownsville is at the very tip of Texas's dick, right on the border of Mexico between like the, it's in the the corner opening at the urethral opening. That is the Rio Grande river Um, (laughs) (laughs) that, that orgasms into the Gulf of Mexico. So Brownsville You're lives. really trying to sell Brownsville in a sexy way. You know, I have to do what I have to do to palette the fact that I am moving into the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. Like, the closest, like, large city, like, uh, I think is San Antonio, and it's, like, five hours away, I think. Oh. <laughs> So I'll be living near the beach, which is cool. Um, like I said, it's on the coast. It's like on the coast of the Gulf of Mexico and um, the right above the border of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And everyone there is really nice. We went and visited for his in-person interviews. Um, and so we saw it and everyone's really nice. The food's delicious. Um, but there's just not much there. And it's really humid and sticky. So, you know, and like, 
we planned on moving to LA. Like that was the plan was mm-hmm. to move to LA. And then they were like, yeah, but have you heard of Brownsville, Texas? And I said, I'm sorry, what did you call me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. I couldn't fathom it. Like I thought maybe if we moved to Texas, it would be like Austin mm-hmm. where all of the other cool, enlightened hipsters were going. <laughs> but no, Fallon does not go to Austin. Fallon goes to Brownsville, where no one will ever be able to find me. I will be able to find you. <laughs> I will find you. I will visit you. I will come. I'm planning on coming. Terrace, you don't know how to find your email. You don't know how yeah. to find your email account. So how Dude. will you find me in the jungle? Fuck the off, swamp? man. <laughs> I can figure it out. If I'm determined, I'll figure it out. <laughs> You're right, though. I do struggle with technology, but I, I can I can read a map. Can you? God damn it. As long as it's not an electronic map. No, if it's a paper map, we're set. Okay. GPS, I have struggle. The paper map. <laughs> North, east, <laughs> south, to... west. Never eat soggy waffles, bitch. We got Unfold it on lock. Unfold that thing and spread it out across the dashboard. God damn. Hope that it's not upside down. I can figure that out. Okay. All right. Well, you'll have to come visit me and we'll just, <laughs> you know, eat a lot of tacos and oh, drink drink fresh squeezed margs. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. But all in all, it's, I mean, it, it's not awful. I've given myself time to mourn the loss of, you know, what my life would have been like had I moved to Los Angeles, which I don't know if it had, it would have been any better. Um, and there are plenty of other upsides to Brownsville. Like you can buy, you know, a 2,000 square foot house for $5 there. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of incentives for to $5. move. $5. You could probably get a place with a pool. I could get a place with a pool or a whole riverfront, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, lots of water there. So yeah. um, a lot of it's in the air as well. It's a little sticky. She's a little bit sticky. Are you worried for your hair? Yes, I'm worried for my hair. I'm very concerned, but we will cross that moat when we get there. Moat. <laughs> oh, Fleen. It is going to be an adventure. I, you know what? <laughs> you know what, bitch? I'll, I'll be real with you. I'm going to keep it a buck. I was, I came out here and I was like, I'm going to make a podcast about fantasy, about adventure, about female empowerment, about big dicks, about (laughs) places I've never been before. And what do I get? I get adventure. Yep. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Far away lands, uncharted lands. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Different cultures. I mean, like, I, I really done did it to myself, didn't I? You did. I manifested that. I manifested yes. that. I have no one to blame but my goddamn self. <laughs> so, you know, so magic guess, is real, you guys. And when you're when you're dabbling with magic, you gotta be very specific or you'll end up in Brownsville. You know, include um, the level of aridity you're looking for. I didn't. <laughs> that was my mistake. Now I know better. No be- <laughs> do better when you know better, okay? Oh my god. 
So yeah, um, we're going to move. We'll be moving in um, about a month. That's very soon. Yeah, on my birthday. Which is on, really cool. No, not on your birthday. Yeah. Are you yeah. shitting me? The house right will now? be packed. Yeah, the 29th of April, my birthday, we will be leaving on April 30th. So the house will be packed. We will have the moving truck and we will pack up the moving truck and we will just leave the day after my birthday. <clears throat> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that's like my, what, third year in a row moving on my birthday. It's really cool. I love it. What a fun birthday treat for you. Super fun. But my mom's coming. She's coming to uh, take care of it. And we're going to do a two-day trip with the moving truck to Texas. And then she's going to stay with me um, until Casper wraps up his work in Arizona and and joins me in Texas. So it will be a bit of a vacation. We have an Airbnb on the beach. Mm -hmm. So that's great. You know, adventure. Yeah, adventure. Well, I'm very proud of you. You're keeping a very positive uh, look on things, positive light to, you know, the situation. So thank you. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to pretend that we weren't out in the streets of Arizona arguing in public places about this move. Like, we were that couple, okay? Like, I, I'm not going to say that I haven't had my days, weeks of stress, trauma. I mean, I have chosen violence over this. So <laughs> you woke it took, up and you chose violence. I did. I chose it again and again um, <laughs> over this goddamn move. So, uh, you know, if anyone else is going through some shit, like, give yourself time to not handle it well. Allow that <laughs> space for yourself, because I did, and I think it's paid off. I think it's paid off. <laughs> but enough about my life in this world. Uh, fuck that, dude. Fuck that shit. You know where else is a faraway place? Huh. The Valley of the Wind. <laughs> That's what's up. What are we talking about today, Paris? Today we're talking about Ninkasa's Wind Valley. Dude, I don't know how to say it. Is it Nasica? Nasica's Valley of the Wind. Dude, you watched the movie in English, yeah? Yes, I did. So I don't know what the fucking problem is. It's Nasica. And the Valley of the Wind. <laughs> right? <laughs> I believe it is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind because Nausicaa, the main character, is from the Valley of the Wind. All right, fine. Just, you know, just saying. <laughs> is it <gasps> fantasy time? Oh, my God. I think it's fantasy time. Great. <laughs> Do you like boys with wings or maybe horns or tails? Maybe you're into scales. Perhaps you want to be the lizard queen. Do you find yourself attracted to fictional characters like maybe vampires? Do werewolves make you cream? Then welcome to our podcast. This is the place for you. Freaks and geeks are welcome and weebs will take you to sail to a land of books and joy and big dicks. Lord, um, oh, 
I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. I've been wanting you to watch this movie for a hot minute. I've wanted you to watch this movie for a long time, and I'm glad. I'm glad that we finally got around to doing it. I wish we could have watched it together, mm-hmm. but I also know that you like to talk during movies, and that bothers me. And so... it bothers you. Only sometimes. I think I think if like I take a movie very seriously in the way that I kind of take Nausicaa seriously because it's so special to me, I think if you would have been like, ha, or whatever, I don't know. I Even if I, okay, even if I find something funny, if someone else points out that it's funny, but it's about my special movie, I'm like, you shut your filthy goddamn mouth. <laughs> like, I take it really personally. I get, like, upset. Even though, like, when I'm by myself, I'm like, ha, that was stupid. If someone else says, ha, that was stupid, I'd be like, you're disrespectful and I need you to leave. <laughs> well, then it's probably for the best that we didn't watch this together because I was commenting the whole time. <laughs> I had quite the commentary. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, listen, folks. The movie, the movie is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. This movie was released by Studio Ghibli, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Holla. Love that motherfucker. Uh, this movie came out in 1984. So she's an old animated gal. Hand-drawn animation mm-hmm. um, and dubbed to the gods by the gods. Okay, we've got Alison Lohman, Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Edward James Almos, Uma Thurman, Mark Hamill, and a whole bunch of other people whose voices you'll recognize, but maybe you don't know their names. Um, this is a star-studded cast. Great, great um, English dub. Like, yeah. a beautiful English dub. Yeah, as are most of their films, but, like, this one is, I, I, it's one of my favorites. I don't know, I feel like the dub is, is really well done. Mm-hmm. Um and tubs yeah. are not always well done. Just to clarify, an English dub is not always the better choice. Sometimes you just should watch it as it was intended because the English dub is so bad. Agreed. Sometimes they're over over the top um, and a mistake. Like I was watching another Miyazaki film, um, or it was a Ghibli film. It wasn't directed by Miyazaki on HBO, and it was called... Just Yesterday, I think, or Only Yesterday is what it was called. And it starred, the American actress was Daisy Ridley. Oh, and yeah, that girl from the Star was, Wars movie. Yeah, from Star Wars. And that girl, she is just trying her best to do an American accent. Now this is countryside, the real countryside, not like Zhao. And I was like, girl, you're barely hanging on. You're barely, barely hanging on with this American accent. And I was like, why didn't we just get a real-ass American? I don't know. If that's what you wanted, like, I don't know why you wouldn't just hire an American. Um, And then later, like, the love interest of the story just has a straight-up British accent. Mm, Not really. They were like, fuck it. This guy can't do anything but what he's got, and we're going to keep it. Whereas all of the other characters, 100% of the other characters, were all, like, American accents. So Why did they it just was... let Daisy Ridley keep her British accent? I don't know! Because <laughs> they, they, like, they were like, no, Daisy, your whole family is um, voiced by American actors. So, so it makes sense. Yeah, you've okay. got to have an American accent. But with this guy, they were like, don't worry. It's interesting you say that. Fuck it. We can't even help him. We can't even, but we, it's too late to recast, so. He's too British, 
He's too just British. Gonna be British. And he's just going to be British. He was the only one. Like, Daisy was like, hi, how are you? And this guy's like, almost everything you see here is the work of a farmer. It's great. I love, I love organic farming in <laughs> rural Japan. It's excellent. Like, this movie is in Japan, about Japan, like, 100% Japanese. Like, they're like, I'm from Tokyo, and now I'm going to not Tokyo. And this guy's like, I love Tokyo so much. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my. So, yeah, um, they, it, you know, they can be hit or miss film. Um, they get, like, the best of the best, and they do the best of the best. So, yeah, um, the story follows uh, Nausicaa, the annoyingly adorable and self-sacrificing <laughs> princess of a, this kingdom that resides in the Valley of the Wind. They call it just like the valley. It's kind of like this village, but she's also a princess. So like it is a kingdom. Um, and her quest to not only protect her people from the spread of the toxic jungle uh, and its inhabitants, these giant, massive insects, but also uh, protect her people from the invasion and greed of neighboring kingdoms as well. So it, it deals with politics and war and violence and human greed and suffering and mm -hmm. man's incessant need to survive and whether or not that can be done through, you know, in harmony with nature or in odds with nature, um, which is like a big theme of Miyazaki's films. It's like mm -hmm. man versus nature. Can they coexist? Spoiler alert, they must coexist. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what were your first impressions of this film, like coming into it, Paris? What were your expectations? Well, I have not watched a ton of Miyazaki films. The only ones that I have seen are Howl's Moving Castle um, and Have you oh, seen Totoro? No. I'm trying to think of, isn't there another one? I've seen the one, I don't remember the name of it, but it's, oh, Spirited Away. Is that the oh, one yeah. that has mm -hmm. like the big creepy creature um, yeah. mm -hmm. and the little girl? Okay, I've seen that one. Um, yeah. yeah, so those are the only two that I've seen, um, and I think that they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Um, yeah. I never, like, watched them growing up. I, I didn't really watch any, like, Miyazaki movies growing up, and I feel sad that I didn't, like, get to watch them as a kid and have them be a part of my childhood, because I feel like I really would have liked them when I was a child. I mean, I like them now, but I, I really would have enjoyed them. I agree. I think it would have added that kind of extra level of like layer of nostalgia because uh -huh. like even like Nausicaa was never my favorite, but it was it was one of my mom's favorites. So we watched it often. And there were some scenes in that movie that like I there are lines that I've memorized and scenes that I think <laughs> of often or that like are always present in my head that have been like that since I was like six years old so I agree I think wow. you, I think you would have gotten a lot out of it probably as a kid mm -hmm. but now Brady just bought an HBO account so we have access to all of them so I can watch them now Hell which is yes. awesome 
I'm very and we excited. can review them and milk them for content. <laughs> yes. Um, the okay. So this movie, my first impressions. The Valley of the Wind reminds me of the Faroe Islands. Do you know about I the do Faroe not. Islands? Okay, look up and on Google. Look up on your Google. The Faroe okay. Islands. F A R O E. Faroe Islands. You can. Type in like Faroe Islands Village. Faroe Islands. There or just Pharaohs. One of the beautiful most beautiful place what am I trying to say? It is one of the most beautiful places in the world, the Faroe Islands. You've got these like incredible, beautiful cliffs. It's like wow, part of the wow, kingdom wow. of Denmark. Um it's really green. And then there are these like little villages that live in between they like are settled in between the cliffs just like in these little valleys. So it reminded yeah. me of this movie. Also, yeah, um, magical. I love that the girl has red hair and yes. she is like one with nature and she yes. has all of her little nature friends and she like understands nature and she's in tune with it. So immediately, like right off the bat, I was like, yes, this is this is how I'm trying to be. Um, and I'm that is the it. the number one reason why I wanted you to watch this movie. I was like, <laughs> she's a ginger. She is all about the environment and being one with everything. She is like anti-violence. It was the whole thing. Beloved by all. Just ridiculous. Make you want to throw up in your mouth. And I was like, that's Paris. <laughs> uh, Thanks. So. <laughs> Yeah, but damn. Wow. That was wow. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really I did it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very sweet and also um watching it as a 23-year-old, I felt like I could follow it pretty well. And then yeah. I was thinking about like how I would have I was thinking about how I would have watched this as a child and like what I would have gotten from the movie as a kid um because there are a lot of like political layers to this movie yeah um and i don't know if i would have picked up on everything as a kid uh i think i probably would have understood like oh yeah these people are fighting like they're at war they don't like each other that kind of thing but like it's like adult for a children's movie but not adult in like a sexual way um but adult as in like it, it really does make you, like, think about the content. Yeah, it has mature themes. Yeah, thank you. For sure. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I didn't pick up on those as a kid. And it wasn't until mm. I watched it as an adult. And even this time, I, re- I remember, because I, I typed up, the you know, the whole summary. And I'm thinking, like, wait, why does this happen? Where are they going? Fuck. And so I would have to rewind because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like I, I even as an adult had to really like absorb and it made, it made it more interesting and more engaging. So this, mm-hmm. wa- this time watching it was, um, it, it felt kind of new, you know, like I knew yeah. obviously what like ha- happens and stuff. Um, but you were but, like seeing it with new eyes. Yeah. And that was, that was quite enjoyable and delightful. And so by the end, I was emotionally invested and, um, you know, cried like a little bitch. So, Aww. Well, I want to hear your summary. Will you read it? Yes. Okay. So I think what we'll do is um, we'll give like the kind of basic premise and then we'll give our spoiler alert for those of you who want to watch the movie before we chat about it. And then we'll go into 
full story and talk about our thoughts at the end. Schmack? Sounds grand. Excellent. Insects and humans cannot live in the same world. You know that. You know that. Okay, so we start off. We start off with some exposition, all right? This movie is a lot of exposition, a lot of soliloquy, a lot of people talking <laughs> to themselves aloud. Um, very 80s vibe from that. Um, but we start <laughs> off with the exposition, okay? A thousand years have passed since the collapse of industrialized civilization, and a toxic jungle now spreads threatening the survival of the last of the human race. We see a mysterious daddy riding through a village covered in (laughs) spores. We see the inside of the houses, and they are decayed and full of dead people. Next, we come across a red-headed young woman. She's got a gas mask on. So did the daddy. The daddy. Also, the man was riding these, like, large like birds. ostrich birds. Ostrich birds. They're like, if you've played Final Fantasy, they're like black chocobos. Um, <laughs> I'm immediately into it. He's got, like, one that he's riding and one that's, like, his pack bird. I don't know. I really dug the large, <laughs> the large ostrich birds. It's like how people ride camels, but he's just riding these, like, very large chickens. Yeah. And they're like, ah! Like, they're adorable. <laughs> very Japanese. Like, total Japanese staple animal, for sure. Um, and then we come across a, a red-headed young woman. Gas mask. No birds, right? She's she's riding solo. No birds. Um, and she is in this this cave full of, like, alien-looking plants and spores and bugs. And she comes across this absolutely massive exoskeleton um, of, like, an insect skeleton. And she calls it an ohm shell. O-H-M. Ohm. And it's this giant, like, it's kind of like a roly-poly looking type deal with a bunch of, like, little eyes all over it. Um, That's what they reminded me of. Like Like a tough grub. Yeah, definitely a tough grub. <laughs> a tough grub. Uh, and so she climbs uh, the shell, and she like takes off one of the eyeball in like a super and- fucking cool way. She like uses gunpowder to remove it, and she like strikes her her gun to like create like a match. I don't know how she does it, yeah, but it's really she- cool. She's very it smart. Was- She's uh, super, oh God, what's the word? Um, uh, super, it's not industrious. Inventive? It's, like, it's inventive. Oh, she's super fucking smart. I don't she's know, She's very dude. capable. She's, she is capable. We see like right off the bat that she knows what she's doing. And she's, yeah. You know, yeah. A strong female lead. Right. We right off the bat. It. She also talks to herself. She's like, oh, an ohm shell. Mm, this will make the people of the valley happy. Ah. <laughs> so she likes to chat with herself. Um, Who doesn't? She hears, uh, she's like making snow angels in like the spores falling from the cave. She's having a grand old time. But then we hear commotion outside. She finds that the big bug, what did you call it? <laughs> a tough grub. The tough grub. She finds that the tough grub, the ohm that had shed the shell, is now chasing after the traveler we had saw, we'd seen at the beginning of the movie. 
And so this Ohm is like fucking just going after this guy. Angry, the eyes are red. It's angry, it's enraged. But instead of killing it, which you can't really kill the Ohms very well. They have a really thick shell. They're massive. They're really hard to kill. Um, So she like hops on her glider stuns it with flash grenades and uses an insect charm which is like basically a yo-yo to (laughs) convince it to go home like this total badass bad bitch baddie okay and once the ohm boogies on out the travelers unite and we discover that the daddy the man that we saw the beginning uh is a beloved family friend named lord yupa and his two bird pets are named Kai and Kui. They're so cute. <laughs> Kai and Kui. Kai and Kui. And Lord Yupa reveals that he is carrying a rare fox squirrel, which I knew you would love. Did oh you my love God. the fox squirrel? She gets like a fucking Pokemon right out the gate. <laughs> and I was so Pokemon. jealous. She it's has named- like an Eevee that she just carries around. It's awesome. It's so fucking cute. She named it Tato. And like that is so that's the whole reason why Lord Yupa got in trouble with the O. He saw he said he saw the insect carrying him off and he mistook it for a human baby. Which I was like, really bitch? Like <laughs> this fox squirrel is like six inches long. Like it's not it's like I don't know. A, a small, small cat. <laughs> And we haven't really heard it make any noise, so it's not like it was crying like a baby. No. I don't really know what his thought process was, but he was like, so I had no choice but to use my gun, which I'm like, bro, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. So that's to why retrieve the, the human baby? The human You're going to shoot a gun? <laughs> Confusing, Lord Yipa. Where's your logic? Uh, and so that's why the Ohm was tripping. And uh, Lord Yupa, he came out blasting. So, you know, the Ohm chose violence. Um, <laughs> and so this is where we first see, like, I mean, obviously we've seen her, like, use the gunpowder. Uh, she's, like, very resourceful. Um, used the gunpowder to pop off the Ohm shell. And she used the insect charm to get the Ohm to go away. But this scene, this particular scene, really stuck with me as a kid. Because the fox squirrel, when she first meets it, is, like, super stressed. He's like, stay the fuck away from me. Like, the fox squirrel is also ready to choose violence. And he bites Nausicaa's (laughs) finger. And in in the most fucking badass show of will, Nausicaa just lets him bite her finger. She's just like, it's all good. Nothing to fear. And this motherfucker, he's, like, chomping down. He, like, makes her bleed. Yeah, he, like, draws blood, and it's, like, this really intense moment, and everyone's watching, and then he, like, calms down, and he licks her finger to apologize, and then they just start, like, spinning around and dancing together, and she's like, ah, can I keep him? My new pet, yay! (laughs) And as a kid, I was shook, because, like, you know, what the fuck would you do if a little animal bit your hand? I'm sorry, I would fucking, like... As a knee-jerk reaction, I would yank my hand away. Scream. And, like, freak out and feel rejected and cry tears of shame. Like, I <laughs> I would be really stressed as a seven-year-old. And so watching her as a kid have this reaction to, like, being bit by a wild animal, it, like, it changed the game for me. It really did. <laughs> now, having said that, if you actually do get bit by a wild animal um, 
and that animal looks like it's going to keep biting you, <laughs> maybe don't let it. And then go get a rabies shot. Maybe. Um, but, you know, if you're a, a princess with red hair, also, you know, take a, take a shot. Shoot your shot. I don't know. <laughs> you could end up with a Pokemon. You could end up with a Pokemon who just rides around on your shoulder and in between your cleave for the yeah. whole film. <laughs> From that point on, Tato is like a fucking ride or die. Yeah. He's just there on the shoulder, in the bra. Like, he's ready to go. He's ready to party. He doesn't mm-hmm. need food or shelter. He's just like a companion for life. <laughs> um, very jealous of Nazca. Um, so they go back to the Valley of the Wind. She's like, let's go. I got to show you something there. Remind me, like, we're going to go party with my dad. It's going to be great. We get back to uh, the Valley. We find out Nazca, she is the princess. Her father King Gil, King Jill, I think King Jill, uh, he is bedridden. He's not doing so hot. He can chat and stuff, but he can't really do much. So his like kind of the wise woman of the town, Yobaba, she takes care of him and is kind of like the auntie of the situation. So they're all partying at dinner. Um, and uh, we find out that Lord Yupa is out there trying to find a solution to this toxic jungle situation and see if like the humans of the earth really are doomed to become extinct. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yobaba is like, don't you know, uh, after a thousand years of darkness, this homie, the man, the prophecy, the dude will come clad in blue and surrounded by fields of gold to restore mankind's connection to the earth that was destroyed. And he will guide the people at last to a land of purity. So Yobaba's like, he's out there trying to find the man in blue. He's out here trying to find a solution to this, you know, this thing. But it really will only come with harmony um, between man and bug. (laughs) (laughs) Harmony Um, between (laughs) man and bug. Right. So we have some some fun foreshadowing happening. Meanwhile, a storm's brewing outside, okay? Something's wrong. There's an airship covered in bugs, and it crash lands in the valley. Terrifying. And terrifying. There is a princess on board that is being held hostage on the plane, and by the time Nausicaa finds her in the wreckage, she's like, you gotta burn the cargo, bitch. And, but, like, everything's burning, so Nausicaa's like, it's, everything's burning. She's like, like it's you're done. Good. Easy. It's done. <laughs> We brush our hands of this. And the princess is like, oh, thank God. (sighs) Now, the princess is a princess of uh, the town, (laughs) the kingdom of Pegite. So you have the Valley of the Wind and you have Pegite. And that bitch is dead now. She died. Bye. Um, (laughs) But there's (laughs) there's another big old bug that emerges from the wreckage. And everyone is freaking the fuck out. Um, and of course, make way for Princess Nausicaa because she knows how to deal with bugs. So she gets out her magic insect <laughs> yo-yo and leads the little buddy, the big buddy, all the way back to the wastes. And when she leaves him, she sees like an ohm in the distance. And it's kind of like this, you know, this omen, if you will. Oh. But we're nice. left with questions. So back in the valley. The villagers have found spores from the wreckage that are spreading throughout the roots of their crops. This is not good. 
Okay, the valley is has been so far protected from the toxicity of the wastes of the toxic jungle because of the wind and the sea, and so they're like they gotta burn all the spores because this plain was covered in bugs and spores and shit, and it brought all of these like invasive species into their land. So they're trying to do damage control. Meanwhile, Lord Yupa finds something very spooky in the wreckage, and. Uh, we know that maybe what we thought was being burned in the cargo actually survived. And right as we find that out, Tolmekian airships, which is the type of ship that that was, so we have the Valley, Pegite, and Tolmekia, Tolmekian airships start descending into the valley. And this is when shit really goes down. <laughs> Here comes a spoiler, so don't be mad, we've warned ya. You've only got yourself to blame if you keep on listening and learn some things that you really don't want to know. If so, then go. So the Tomekians, they're bad boys, all right? They come in blasting. They come in with tanks, suits of armor, okay? They storm the castle. They kill the king. They fucking straight up just murder her dad. They murk his ass. He's dunzy. Got bra done. No questions asked. Bop, bop, bop. Okay, he's lights out for King Jill. Nausicaa <laughs> comes in too late, okay? She starts murdering bitches. Yeah, she left just and starts right. fucking clapping cheeks. She, she is clapping some cheeks. Ass. With like with like a miniature golf club. With like a put <laughs> like a putter. She's just like whacking motherfuckers in full like power armor and she's just knocking heads, okay? She is <laughs> done because her dad just fucking got clapped. So she's killing everyone. Lord Yupa cock blocks her vengeance and uh, he like stops her and he's like, stop killing people. And Nasca's like, oh. And the leader of the Tolmekians rolls up. She is, this is the war goddess Kushana, played by Uma Thurman rolls up and she is like decked out in gold armor and a white cape and she's like I'm Uma Thurman haven't you seen Kill Bill <laughs> and uh, <laughs> did Kill Bill come out by then I don't, I don't even know not in 84 <laughs> not, not by then probably by the time well I don't know when Kill was Bill the... came out in 2003 and Holy when, shit. when was this dub created the English oh, dub oh I is don't it like 97 I don't when it came like out, it was probably, probably before probably though. But then, because Shia LaBeouf is like a young boy, yeah. Um, let's see. The English re-release is in October of two thousand and three. Okay. Oh, so October two thousand three. Well, when was Kill Bill released? Kill Bill, because Kill Bill was in two thousand and three as well. Okay. Two thousand and three. So Uma Thurman was filming Kill Bill and doing this dub. Like at the same time. Around the same time. Well, because like probably Kill Bill year. also came out in October of 2003. Well, shit. So this is like peak Uma Thurman right now. She is, <laughs> she's living her best actress life. She is making bank. She's making absolute bank being a bad bitch. I hope she was making bank. Me too. I don't know. It's that 2000s money. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't she's know. also a woman, so... Yeah. Who knows? God damn. I hope she made uh, bank. I hope that for 2003, Uma Thurman. I wish that for her as well. I hope she's still living off said bank. 
<laughs> her role as Kushana in Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, so tell us more about that. All right, all right. But so, all right, Uma Thurman rolls up. She's like, chill, daddy. And he's like, hmm. So the Tolmekians, they've taken over the valley, all right? They're, they're seizing it. They're seizing everything. This is not good look. This is like, I, I don't know the word for it, but they've, they've taken control of the valley, okay? The Tolmekians, Uma Thurman, she's addressing the crowd. She's like, my job is to unify the kingdoms surrounding Tolmekia so we can burn the toxic jungle to ash with this giant weapon that we have and free humanity from the grips of this scary entity that haunts us. And everyone's like, you can't burn down the jungle. We learn to live with the jungle. You guys are just capitalist pigs. You don't <laughs> fucking know what you're doing. And Nausicaa, who's super sad, her dad just died. She just killed her first couple of people. She's like really bumming out. She's like, everybody just like listen to Uma Thurman and do what she says. And then she like just walks away. So we're all bumming. We learn that the Tolmekians are transporting this. The, the weapon that they're talking about is called the Giant Warrior. It's like this ancient, I'm assuming man-made being that was like, I don't know, it's like this, but it's alive. It's like the it's Iron alive. Giant. It's kind of like a, a wet Iron Giant, for sure. Wet. Like, <laughs> they like, if you put muscles on the Iron Giant, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they have excavated this giant warrior from Pegite, and they've seized it for themselves. And Kushana's job was to transport it to Tolmikia. Um, but instead, now she's seizing the valley for her own and is gonna let the warrior gestate and grow. Because it's like this, it's, it's, it's not ready yet. It's still growing. It's like a little baby. It's like a baby warrior. Um, and it's, it's gotta grow a little bit more before it's ready to destroy things. So Lord Yupa goes looking for Nasca and he finds her in this secret room. This is the thing that she wanted to tell him about. And it's full of spores from the toxic jungle. And he's like, bitch, you're going to die in here. What the fuck? And she's like, nah, man, these spores aren't poisonous. Turns out the soil and the water from deep in the earth are clean. And it's the topsoil that's polluted and makes the jungle toxic. So humans polluted the whole earth, but the trees and the toxic jungle, like, like the soil underneath, it's clean. Sound familiar? Mm. <laughs> right. So we're like, huh, fascinating. And she, I mean, that room was fucking sick. I wanted that so bad when I was a kid. I wanted my <laughs> own secret room with all my weird plants. That could kill me? Jesus. <laughs> and of course, Tato, her little squirrel dog, is running Pokemon. around. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Nausicaa's super bummed as well that she killed all the soldiers. And, uh, you know, even though we're not bummed, uh, she, has, she has begun a strict anti-violence campaign that we will see play out in the rest of the film. So Kushana has decided that Nausicaa and some hostages for some reason or another. I don't really know why. Um, she brings along some like the seven dwarves. I, don't, <laughs> I didn't does. really understand that either. <laughs> like, why I are they there? Why. 
<laughs> I think this was lost in translation, but for some reason, reason Kushana's like, we're going back to Pegite. And you're coming with me, princess, and you can pick some hostages to come with you. And so it's like <laughs> all of the old men that love Nausicaa, like the villager men, it's like the seven homies, yeah. totally like the seven dwarves. Um, they're going to accompany her back to Pegite for some weird political reason. Um, so they get on the plane and on their way there, their plane party is attacked by a lone gunman. Uh, manned by a young man from Pegite who is played by none other than a 19... Well, I guess it's not 1980s anymore. It's early 2000s Shia LaBeouf, which is awesome. Um, so such Shia a LaBeouf cute little voice. Such a cute voice. I loved it. I love it so much. So Shia is like blasting... He's blasting up some Terry's. He's okay. murking people. He murders <laughs> people. <laughs> In his gunship. And so their ships crash into the jungle. Like, Shia LaBeouf knocks him out. And Nausicaa and her dwarf friends, <laughs> the old men, they survive. Um, and so does Kushana. So they're all kind of, like, debating what to do uh, in this jungle. And they landed in an ohm nest. So, like, an ohm pops up. And everyone's, like, freaking out. But Nausicaa's like, it's just chill. Sorry, ohm. Sorry, we're in your nest. RB. Just like, don't mind us. RB, BB, just be chill. Everybody be cool. And the ohm, like, envelops our girl in, like, 100% undiluted positive vibes. Just like, he, like a bunch <sighs> of free spaghetti noodles that glow. It's <laughs> like golden nudes that are just like wrapping around her. And uh, the ohm, like, communicates to her, saying that. Um, the guy from Pegite, Shia LaBeouf, is still alive in the jungle somewhere. And so Nasca, she like taps her big old dick on Kushana's head and like <laughs> bounces away. And she's like, you guys go back to the valley. I got to go find the guy from Pegite. I got to go find Shia LaBeouf. So she does find Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is trying to blast his way through a horde of bugs, which you know won't work. Um, and so Nasca saved him, saves him with her glider that she has. She like, which is sick as fuck. So cool. It's so, so cool. cool. Also, I, just, I couldn't do it though. May I add in at first when I was watching this, I thought that she wasn't wearing pants. And that <laughs> when she's on the glider, her ass is just hanging out. I thought she was just like full on showing cooch. And then I no realized pants, no panties. <laughs> yeah. Just like full commando little skirt blowing in the wind letting it you know free ball that's what i thought she was doing but then i realized her pants are like a very light skin tone color different from the skin of her face so she actually does have pants on and her vagina isn't hanging out but i thought that i thought that it was and i was like this is a children's film she just got her labias flapping in the wind Nausicaa of the exposed pussy. Like, that <laughs> is what's happening. Yeah, dude. In the valley between her legs. Like, there's <laughs> a lot going on. No, that was, like, a total thing that people were like, why isn't she wearing any pants? But it, the color of her, like, leggings didn't go through. Like, it didn't translate well yeah. in the production. And so that was, like, a whole thing where people are like, she's not wearing any fucking pants. I had never thought of that until I did more research into the movie for this podcast. It never <laughs> occurred to me. I never saw that. I was just like, she's just 
wearing some cool leggings, man. That's so but, funny because that's literally the yeah. first thing I saw. I was like, there's her vagina. Just this really like slutty, weird um, <laughs> outfit. Just like a very gave. short shirt. <laughs> like, like, or I guess it would be a long shirt, from- short dress. <laughs> Right, like the kind that you buy from Forever 21 for like $12, and you're like, how am I going to wear this? I don't know. And they're like, just, it covers your butt. It's enough. <laughs> just don't go on a glider, and yeah. you're fine. So like she, every, That's why the old men like her so much. <laughs> She's got a posse of old men. Why wouldn't she? She's got no pants on. <laughs> that's ew. the key. <laughs> ew, ew, ew. Okay, so Nausicaa Sorry. has her glider. She saves Shia LaBeouf. She does. She, poof, they fly over a cliff in the jungle, <laughs> right? They evade only to be knocked the fuck out by this, like, giant flying centipede. Like, the centipede is like, fuck you, bitch. Wow. <laughs> and knocks her out of the air. And so they both plummet into this, like, pile of quicksand and get enveloped. And we have a little flashback of Nausicaa as a, a wee lass, as a little kid, riding on a horse with her dad and like this posse. And they're like going somewhere. And she's like, where are we going? And they're like, we're just hanging out. No one's answering her. She's like, what's going on, everybody? What is everyone here for? And turns out they found out that she has hidden a baby ohm in the forest and she's been like caretaking for this little tiny <laughs> bug it's really cute um like, but then like of course don't take don't the ohm <laughs> and they're gonna kill that motherfucker so they're like they snatch it up and they're like they roast it they do, they're like you can't keep the insect you know that you know that and then like Nasco wakes up. So it's like this fun, sad flashback. That like was really traumatizing as a kid. That was my least favorite part of the movie. That her dad was takes watching her, her little baby Ohm taken away. How fucking tragic to get. She's like, please don't kill it. She's like begging them not to kill her friend. And they bop it. Traumatic. They do. Not in front of us, but we know it. We know it. Yeah. We know it's up. Yeah. <laughs> so they wake up. Shia LaBeouf and Nasca, that is. In this giant cavern underneath the jungle, masks off in disarray. Somehow, they're still alive. The air is clean. It turns out that the trees of the jungle absorb the pollution of the earth, die, then fossilize into clean sand, dirt, which means that the water down there is pure. So... That means that the toxic jungle is actually humanity's salvation. The toxic jungle grew and evolved in order to clean the pollution caused by mankind. Can you believe? Can you believe? And everybody out here trying to destroy it. So they're like, I guess we'll go to Pejite. Okay, it's where, it's where Asbel, Shia LaBeouf's character, is from. He's from Pegite, so she's got to return him because she's the one with the glider. So they go to Pegite, Asbel's home, only to find that the whole fucking city has been destroyed by insects. And not only that, but in order to regain control of the giant warrior baby, the Pegite <laughs> leadership 
has planned to bait insects into the valley and kill everyone in the valley because the Tolmikians have taken over the valley and they have the robots. So basically the Pegite people are like, let's just fucking have the bugs destroy everything so we can gain control of a powerful weapon. <laughs> like, wow. This is really hitting the nail on the head with this one. Okay, We're just going to send in our big fucking horde of really pulleys <laughs> take care of for us. <laughs> so we can seize our nuclear baby weapon. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> so Nasca's like, bro, that is not cool. Like, that's my valley. Yeah, you're going to kill the Tolmikians, but, like, insects don't give a fuck. They will not uh, distinguish between Tolmikians and valley villagers. Like, you're going to kill my whole people. So she tries to stop them. They kidnap her. Uh, Asbel tries to stop them. They kidnap him, and they throw them on the airship with the remaining living Pegites. But luckily, the women of Pegite are fucking baddies, and they know that what the men are doing are wrong, so they do the old switcheroo. They're stupid. They're like, we're so sorry. That's fucking dumb, what they're doing. But (laughs) we're oppressed here in Pegite, so we can't do anything about it. But we can get you off this airship and into your glider and out so you can go war in the valley. Isn't it like um, Shia LaBeouf's mom that saves her? Yeah, yeah. Shia LaBeouf's mom, because the princess in the the first plane crash that crashed that died, that was Shia LaBeouf's um, twin sister. So Mm. he is technically a prince of Pegite, and the mom is like, my daughter was killed... But, like, clearly my son likes you and you're going to help everyone, so I got to help you. Mm-hmm. Her mom's a, His mom's a G. She was a G. The Pegite ladies are dope. So, um, yeah, they try to get out. They, they got to get out of the fucking airship. But the Tolmikians have arrived again. And they are rolling up and they are trying to murder everyone on this ship. But, luckily, Lord Yupa comes with the deus ex machina moment (laughs) in the gunship and he's like comes in and he's just like fucking blasting so nasuka heads back to the valley while lord yupa stays on the airship and like saves all of the pegite ladies um and murders tolmikian soldiers (laughs) thank you lord yupa so Nasca's like, gotta get back to the valley. Gotta save them from the giant horde of insects on their way. <clears throat> Meanwhile, back in the valley, like, things are not looking hot, okay? The villagers are revolting. Spores from the plane crash, like, they missed some spores, and now they've spread throughout the whole forest, and they had to burn their whole fucking forest down. Lame. Kushana made it out of uh, the toxic jungle. They brought her back to the valley as a hostage, as a prisoner, but she quickly escaped because she's a baddie and has regained control of her army. She also has, like, robot limbs. (laughs) (laughs) We do find out that insects tore off, like, four, three of her four limbs. Yeah. So she is like got a vendetta against like, the toxic jungle. Yeah, my husband's going to be a lucky man someday because he's the only one who's going to see me without my robot parts. Yeah, and so I'm like, you got a robot cooch? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that's that was, where your mind goes. Well, okay. Like, the line is like, and whatever lucky man becomes my husband will see a lot more than that. And I, w- I always thought, like, her pussy. <laughs> <laughs> she is a robot snatch. Yeah. Her coochie is battery powered. <laughs> well, plug and play, Kushana. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <sighs> so yeah. So Kushana, she's back in control. She's like, ain't ain't none but a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, and her plan is to wait for Nausicaa to return because she's like, wow, this girl, she's really inspiring. But I also need to kill her and all of her people. Um, and I got to snuff out this uprising as well because the villagers have fought back. They are like done with the reign of the Tolmekians. So they're fighting back and um, they're just kind of waiting for Nausicaa to come and save them. And Kushana is like, well, fuck, this horde's coming. These people are misbehaving. So we just got to use the now teenage, I'd say, warrior to destroy these insects, destroy the toxic jungle, and take over the world. Kushana's right-hand man, who, like, provides most of the comic relief in this movie, but I I didn't think to include him because he's not really important to the plot. <laughs> um, but he's like, ma'am, like, don't you want to wait for the robot thing to, like, you know, be more advanced, to be an adult? And she's like, if not now, then when? You know, it's time to go. So Kushana's going to go get the robo, the giant robot. <clears throat> now, remember, Pegite's plan is to lure insects into the valley. How are they planning to do this? Well, first off, it's not just a couple of insects. It's like all, all of the of insects. Them. <laughs> like all of the ohm are rolling up. Like millions of ohm are ready to just absolutely they fucking destroy and nuke are the valley. Pack animals, one hundred percent. They only travel as one. <laughs> they are a unit, a g g g g g g unit. Like they are ready to fuck some shit. Eyes glowing red. Each and every one of those motherfuckers is choosing violence. And I mean, for good reason, <laughs> because Pegite, the Pegites, had kidnapped a baby Ohm, and they had been dragging its impaled body across the land. And that is what they were using to lure every Ohm on the planet. Yeah, they like stab much. it with like big pieces of metal and like just carry it across and like lure all the rest of the Ohm behind it. It's horrible. And- it is. It's, like, so barbaric. And as a kid, it was always, like, really disturbing and sad. Um, and, I mean, as an adult, too. Like, it's really sad to see what they did to this poor baby Ohm. Because um, it's, like, torture. Yeah. Um, and so Nausicaa comes across them. She finds them. But she knows she can't shoot down the fuckers carrying the Ohm because she won't be able to stop the horde. Because they're flying over what's called the Acid Lake, a lake full of acid and if they shoot it down then the baby's gonna die and they won't have any leverage to stop the horde and the horde will just keep stampeding forever um so like a fucking gangster she manages to calm the baby down get the pegites to drop her off in front of the horde that is stampeding towards the valley more on how she did that in a moment 
while she's doing this, Kushana, she's hauling the giant warrior out, okay? And this bitch is not looking good. By bitch, I mean the warrior. Kushana, she looks great, okay? <laughs> One-armed, she's looking fantastic. Uh, but the, the warrior, is, it's a melty bitch, okay? It, it manages to nuke, like, the first few thousand ohm with this, like, awesome display of, of power, but, I mean, it's a melty boy, and it does not last long until it just disintegrates into goo. <laughs> so, like, that plan is out. Like, her monster, she pulled it out too soon. It needed to incubate longer. It was like, I got two blasts in me, and then I'm down for the count. <laughs> so, Yobaba, the wise woman, everyone's watching their doom. Like, the, the horde's coming the robot, the warrior is dead. All the little kids in the village are like, we're gonna fucking die, aren't we? And your mom was like, yep, baby, it's time for us to die, kids. That's just the <laughs> way it needs to be. It's time to accept our fate. Big fucking bummer. Um, Sucks but Nazca, suck. I, I know, I know. It's like kind of sad and scary. Um, and so Nasuka, she comes in with her baby on. She plops down in front of the horde. The horde is coming, right? The horde is coming, but the horde is not fucking stopping. Natsuka and the baby ohm are like just facing these like millions of ohm and that bitch just gets run the fuck over. <laughs> Her body just, just like explodes into the air, just gets launched by the sheer impact of these like hundreds of ohm coming into contact with her. And she's, she's Dunsey. This bitch, okay, she was shot down with the machine. Twice! Twice. She gets fucking she shot twice! <laughs> she crash lands on the island, uh, on an island in the middle of the acid lake. She dips her whole <laughs> ass foot in acid in order to save the baby Ohm That's from bleeding out and then crawling into the acid lake itself. Her bleeding ankle, her bleeding foot, because she got shot there too. Right, right. She gets shot in the ankle and then she dips said ankle into acid. All, all to get absolutely just fucking crunched. <laughs> just crunched. And she's like, 12? Preteen. She's just like going doing her best. It. She is not having the bestest of days. Like we made it all the way to this point to just absolutely just get, you know, murked. But luckily, her sacrifice was not in vain. Because the Ohm Horde, after obliterating her, stops just before the valley, and everyone is saved. And they're this like, is where we all Do you feel that crying. speed bump back there? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, dude, why'd we stop? Oh, Jerry felt something. <laughs> oh, okay. I think we hit something. There's a girl up here. She looks pretty dead, though. <laughs> oh, my baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so the Ohm notice. They, they notice Nausicaa eventually. They do stop. The horde has stopped. And Yobaba's like, she saved us. The princess gave her life. Ah. And the ohms start to crowd around Nausicaa's body. 
and using their little golden noodles tentacles, <laughs> they begin to raise her up into the air, just like thousands of tentacles just like descending upon Kumbaya her. <laughs> Raising her into the air. And they start healing her bit by bit. They're the Om are resurrecting her. And we have this little song in the background. La, 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 la. And she <laughs> she wakes up. The princess wakes up. And in one she's piece. all in one piece, and she's all covered in blood. Her her dress that was once red is now stained with blue ohm blood. Um, and she stands up in the, the golden noodle field. And Yobaba, who is blind, mind you, is like, <gasps> after a thousand years of darkness, he will come clad in blue and surrounded by fields of gold. <laughs> Nausicaa is the second coming. She is the Jesus Christ. She <laughs> is uh, the prophecy, the savior. The prophecy has been fulfilled. The legend came to true Nausicaa through her sacrifice and her connection with the Om has saved humanity. Wow. <laughs> Did you cry at the end? No. I did. Well, I don't have the, like, same connection that you have with this movie. Like, that was my first time watching it, and I'm sure it probably feels a little bit more sentimental, like, watching it and, like, understanding it better as an adult when you've, like, seen this movie so many times throughout your life and, like, now you, like, truly grasp what it means. Like, I thought it was a beautiful movie and I really liked it, but I don't think I have the emotional connection that you have with this movie. Okay. Well, uh, let's dive in then. Because I feel like, I feel like, I, I definitely think that's true. I think that's definitely part of it for me. Like, I just feel connected to this movie because it was one of the movies that I grew up with. And, like, I recognize everything from the score to some of the lines to the characters and stuff. Um, but also, I feel like, with just the sheer brutality of humanity, like mm -hmm. humans fuck everything up we all the time. We love to destroy shit. It's like what we do best. We destroy the fuck out of the earth. Exhausting. Like really, and and just the way they treated the baby Om yeah. and how they keep wanting to destroy the goddamn jungle. And it's and like at the end, how the Om. The Om once again, like like nature, oh, is, nature is always rooting for us. Yeah, and that's so sad. We don't deserve it. No, we don't. I like, kind of, hate humanity. <laughs> like, we honestly suck so bad, and our rules and our structures and our like, like, I just. That's why I want to live in the middle of the forest with all my bird and, like, animal friends. Just Bartholomew the squirrel. Bartholomew the squirrel. Uh, Drift Cork the raccoon. <laughs> I just want to live with little creatures because humans suck. Yeah. We suck. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about Miyazaki's films is that, like, 
he always like yeah humans always suck <laughs> like um princess mononoke they're trying to hunt down the forest spirit they're trying to just fucking kill the forest spirit and gain immortality and then at the end uh, like nature still comes back to be good to us like nature is just like all love it's like you know people are like we don't deserve dogs i'm like fuck dogs dude trees man (laughs) like just the general spirit of the earth i feel like always has our backs yeah and and loves us unconditionally even though we are absolute fucking trash monsters and we do not deserve her it's like oxygen so do you remember at the beginning of the lockdown um just like the like worldwide lockdown like everything we're like all staying inside it was like last march or april and then all of a sudden like swans started appearing in the rivers in venice again and like people hadn't seen that in forever and like there were more animals and things coming out because all of the humans stopped fucking touching shit they shouldn't be touching for a couple weeks yes and how like it, like it like it was breaking news that LA had good air quality one day. <laughs> We're like LA is breathable. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, John? Like we can go outside. And it just goes to prove like if we all collectively just gave a shit and actually tried, like all of us if we all tried to make the earth a better place, we could absolutely do it. Absolutely. Because she's rooting for us. Like, she's not against us. It's not hard if we all do it to fix the problem. But it's because we don't all do it. Like, there's only a few of us who actually do actively try every day. And then there's a lot of us who deny that it's even a problem. (laughs) Right. Like, and I think there are a couple things. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um in the past couple of days. And so like when it comes to consumerism, everything that we make, everything that is not like a natural item like wood or um, metal, like anything that, that can't decompose, anything, plastic? pretty much anything that's plastic is what I, I guess I'm trying to say. Any plastic item that's created is trash. It doesn't matter if it's a water bottle. It doesn't matter if it's on the shelf at Target. It doesn't matter if it's a brand new item of clothing at H&M. Like, it doesn't matter how hot off the press it is, if it, it, or if you are wearing it or actively using it. It's still, in the end, a piece of garbage. It eventually that, becomes trash. Yes. And so, like, just the production of plastic period is trash like i am currently wearing trash i am typing on trash i am using trash to record Mm -hmm. and these items once they die and i can't fix them anymore they will go to live on the earth like even though i'm using it right now this item will never leave earth it will never become a natural thing once again and so i was thinking about I was thinking about, A, there's a lot of research now about, like, the effects of plastic on human bodies, like everything from birth defects to early periods in, um, like, 
people born female and also like all the way to tiny dicks like like <laughs> decrease in penis size um like are all due to like plastic to consumption plastics. yeah like plastic food wrapping plastic clothes like just the presence of plastic and how it affects oh our God. lives um and so there are people who are trying to cut out plastic in period they don't buy like they grow their own veggies and stuff so they don't buy you know i buy salad mix in a plastic bag yeah the cereal i buy comes in a cardboard box in a plastic that, bag in a plastic bag right like um the bike jersey that Casper wears is polyester. It's plastic. So there are, there's this movement of, to A, like just don't buy any plastics, period. And then also like, you know, the zero waste um, kind of lifestyle that people try and live. It would be so incredibly hard. Like you cut out Starbucks. You cut out like, like zero waste means anything that you would throw in the trash that is not compostable, like plastic Q-tips, um, plastic toothbrushes, toothpaste, the jar that toothpaste comes in. Mm -hmm. Like you have to reuse everything or keep whatever waste you make in like a mason jar. Yeah. Um, you know, paper towels, like everything is trash. It's overwhelming. So my thought is how can consumers possibly dedicate themselves to that especially when like we don't live in villages anymore mm -hmm. like it's all on the unit uh, like the family unit to take care of stuff so like people a are accustomed to a certain standard of living mm -hmm. now and b like we don't have time to do this shit to yeah. do like quote the right thing and to like and you know make Make my own shit it rather than buy it from the store. Cheaper to buy a tube of toothpaste at Walgreens for two dollars or the Dollar Tree for a dollar mm -hmm. than buy like like toothpaste tablets that you put in your mouth and you bite and like swish water. They're expensive. Yeah. Exactly. You gotta pay shipping. You have to research. Make sure it's the right product mm -hmm. that you're looking for. And it doesn't come, you know, like there's so much time and, and energy and um, responsibility is put on the consumer. Yeah. But what the fuck about the company making the shit? Like from a consumer perspective, like everyone in like the 2000s was like, don't forget to turn off your water when you brush your teeth. You can save a lot of water that way, which is true. But also, like, we're all turning a blind eye to our meat production. Yep. Like, agriculture. And just, it's an unfathomably large waste, like, that, that happens. Yeah. So, I, I just have been thinking about, like, how I was like, fuck, well, I got to start cutting out plastic in my life. And, like... Those are all good things to do, but ultimately the responsibility, I think, the main responsibility needs to be on the companies producing things. Yeah. Like everything from carbon footprint to like waste and ethics and not just sustainability, but like how can you make things in a way, like how can you make products in a way that actually benefits the planet rather than just like doesn't make it worse.
Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I also think that there is something to be said about small changes, like individually small changes, because if every single person in the world decided, I'm not going to use single-use plastic water bottles, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even though my Hydro Flask eventually becomes trash, if I buy this and use it every day instead of, like, getting a water bottle at work or, like, you know, buying a water bottle at school, like, that kind of stuff, that adds up. Like, it... Yeah. It's... Small changes equal big changes when everyone is a part of the change. So... I don't think you should beat yourself up up as much as you are because, like, you know, you want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. I think everybody, not everybody, because there are people who literally just don't believe that climate change exists, which I... Or that pollution is a problem. Don't understand because you can literally see it. You can physically see it, like, and you experience it. You feel it. So I don't understand how people just, like, are like, nah, nah, it's not a thing. Global warming doesn't exist. Like, I don't... It's hard for me to wrap my brain around, like, that kind of denial that they're just living in. Um, But, like, we can only, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, you and I, we we can control our actions and what we do, and we can, like, vote and tell people about the problems and, like, talk to other people. But, like, I think it is a good place to start by starting small and cutting out small amounts of, like, I'm I'm not going to use single-use plastic anymore. I'm going to switch to, like, reusable uh, toothbrush heads and reusable water bottles and reusable uh, plastic bags for, like, sandwich bags and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good pl- place to start. Like, start in your kitchen. Start in one room of your house. That kind of thing. I agree. I agree. And, like, once you start doing them, making them, like, and are aware, those changes become second second nature. Like, uh, we don't use um, paper towels. We have one roll of paper towels that we have had for the entire year that we've been here. We use rag towels mm-hmm. that we just have. And I just do laundry when the bucket is full of rag towels. Um, and same with, like, the if we ever get... Um, like disposable um, silverware and things like that in takeout boxes or whatever. We've we've had the same forks from the Chipotle that we ate at when we first moved here, like day one, <laughs> just because like we just have been using them. Uh-huh. Um, and so those things, they don't feel like a big deal, like not using the idea of not using paper towels. Like I, I remember one time I, I'm, I think I said like, God, the worst part of an apocalypse would be not having paper towels. That would really suck. And I was like, I remember saying that at some point in my life. And now it's like, you know, not a big deal. I just use a fucking rag yeah. to clean my shit. Um, um, and like using baking soda and vinegar instead of um, cleaning products yeah. is like harsh cleaning products is cheaper and more effective. Yeah. And like, you know, little things, they don't feel like a big deal anymore. But they do when you, when you constantly do them, they add up. Yeah. Nausicaa is a good film. Uh, out of five. Paris, Nausicaa. Oh, I thought that it was like, uh, probably like a 4.8. Um, I didn't, I didn't absolutely like 
Head Over Heels, love it. Um, but I would totally watch it again. But it's not something I feel like I need to watch every single day. But it does make you think. And I think that that is um, what all of, like, forms of art should do. It should leave you, like, with something to ruminate on. I agree. And I mean, we went on this whole climate justice rant, so it did give you something, give us something. Yeah. Um, I think it's a totally charming film. I, I, yeah, 4.8. I would probably give it a 4.5. Um, the 80s music is a little intense sometimes, and there's some like weird soliloquy <laughs> stuff. Soundtrack. And like, same with the plot, like, you know, not entirely sure why some things are happening. So I think the translation from Japanese to English like did lose some of the nuance of the story. But overall, it's like a lovely film and would definitely recommend. Would recommend. You watch it. Would recommend. <laughs> well, thank 4. you. 4.5 out of 5 would recommend. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Time. We love y'all so much. We've been reading your reviews. We really appreciate it. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or have an Apple account, uh, just hop on over and give us a review, please. It really helps us out. Makes us feel good. I was crying reading your reviews. Same. God damn. (laughs) Uh, If you uh, would so like to follow us on Instagram we're trying to get to 100 followers so we can look at our goddamn analytics my analytics I can't see the analytics analytics. (laughs) (laughs) and any other inquiries can be sent to fantasytimepodcast at gmail.com oh yeah follow us on Instagram at (laughs) fantasytimepodcast send us a DM if you have any questions or other uh, movies we should watch books to review things to chat about topics to address that's it that's all i got (laughs) and fan art to look at send us your fan art send us your fan art all right we love you guys thank you (laughs) love y'all bye